Hanukon. 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 You're listening to Hanukon Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Hanukon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Paige Willett. This month, we talked to CPN child prosecutor Lisa Herbert about the tribe's court system, hear about the annual Shop with a Cop charity event, and learn about credit counseling services from the Citizen Potawatomi Community Development Corporation. The Citizen Potawatomi Community Development Corporation offers credit counseling services to tribal employees, CPN members nationwide, and citizens of federally recognized tribes living in Oklahoma. CPCDC Consumer Lending Coordinator and Credit Counselor Tina Herndon believes it's an underutilized service. We have always had credit counseling with uh, with every loan closing, and we've always offered that to the employees. Our office opened in 2003, and we've been offering financial counseling since then. When did the CPCDC get in-house credit counseling service? I believe it was 2010 when we took over our all of our financial education. We started doing credit counseling in 2009, and we've slowly progressed into doing all of our own financial education, credit counseling, and, and also doing that for uh, entities outside of our department. So what does the credit counseling include? Whatever the client needs, more or less. Uh, we do anything from budgets all the way to getting them prepared for housing, prepared for life in general, or most of the time we start uh, getting you need a bank account, you need a savings account. Now that you have those, let's start working on a budget. Let's, uh, let's get your financial house in order, and then we move into their specific goals. Had you done credit counseling services before you started with CPN? No, I learned it all on the job. I have learned from my past mistakes. So I, I teach from a place of being there. And I feel that that makes me a better counselor. You have to eat some humble pie before you fully understand someone else's situation. Why do you like providing these services to employees and customers? Because I know that the grass is greener when you have a better credit score. Your life is less expensive when you're financially prepared for your emergencies. They're less expensive. And that way they can enjoy life a little more instead of having to worry about the day-to-day struggles. Why do you feel like credit counseling is so important? Obviously, you spend a lot of time with it at your job and you make sure that people get what they need. Even if you're not a money-centric person your life still revolves around that resource. And when you don't have that resource and you don't have access to less expensive options, life is so expensive that it's hard to enjoy it. And what life is worth living if you're not enjoying your time while you have it. Do you think it's an underutilized service? Yes. Typically, financial counselors charge about $100 an hour to help people 
Uh, and we charge nothing for our services. Our, both of us are very experienced. And experience like that would cost you probably more than $100 an hour outside of the realm of CPN. Uh, so I wish that more people would come in because it does enhance their lives. But it's kind of like they think they already know. And if you think you already know, why would you ask those questions? Or if you don't know which questions to ask, it makes it harder to get good information. What it's, are some things that you feel like that people think that they know? I wish more people would save and, and slow down the debt acceleration and save at the same time. And also a spend category is important. And a lot of people, when they come to see me, they think, or I think that they think that I'm going to tell them, okay, we're just not going to have any fun anymore, so get used to it. And that's just not sustainable for people. Human nature is I want what I want when I want it. And there's only so long that most people can deny their human nature. So what I ask clients to do is when they're struggling, give me a call. Over the years, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people who have started credit counseling services with the CPCDC? I have homeowners. I have business owners. I have counseled people who have accomplished a variety of financial goals. Because without that baseline of information, you're not making informed choices. And so now when they put me on their team, they're adding an expert that has lived and breathed finance for a, over a decade. And having that level of expertise on top of all of the things that you're able to accomplish on an individual basis just makes you stronger as a person and as a money manager. What kind of feedback do you all get on, you know, pretty much a daily basis? I think the feedback that I hear most is that they've accomplished something. I give them a whole list of things that they could accomplish. And if they get one, we just celebrate that one. And then we discuss what, what one they're going to move on to for the next time. Uh, it's too much to do it all at once. So when someone first comes to you for credit counseling service, what does a session look like? And what does following up on that look like? Every situation is different. So they come to me where they are, and they tell me where they want to go. And then I, it's my job to use all the knowledge that I have to make that a strategy that they can stick with. And I partner with the client to make sure that it's something that's sustainable long term. I could probably get them to their goals faster if I didn't address any type of motivation. But I feel that that's a very important piece of your financial future is to make sure that you're addressing those wants, small wants along the way. How has the pandemic affected your all's counseling services this year? Oh, that is, it has changed everything with what I'm doing because the, the whole tone of the country is different right now. So before, we talked about goals and where are you going and how are you going to get there. For the last year, my sessions have been, are you staying between the ditches? What have you done? And, and I'm coaching people and I'm telling people, no, your score may have gone down 15 points, but it could, could have gone down 100. So please consider this a win that you didn't tank your score when your spouse was laid off. Um, those are more of the conversations I'm having right now. I'm seeing a lot of people for the first time, which 
with the loan program, that's pretty exciting. We have new new clients, but it, it's a lot more people that are going into debt. So it's a double-edged sword. I, but I also am glad that they've come in because all of them are walking away with more than they came in with, more knowledge than they came in with. So at least there's that. A lot of the people that thought that they would be in their jobs forever are now finding out how transient our society has really become. And they're having a hard time finding their niche again. And some, some of my clients, some of them, their spouses have gone through two or three jobs this year, or they weren't able to get unemployment started fast enough to keep late payments from happening. And so most creditors are being amazing, but a lot of my clients are afraid to reach out. And if you don't call your creditors and give them a chance to be amazing, then they just assume you're, you don't want to pay instead of you can't. So please, if you are struggling right now, reach out to your creditors. And if you don't give them a chance to be amazing, you'll never know what they could do for you. Or reach out to you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> and the first thing I'm going to tell you, call your creditor. Learn more about the Citizen Potawatomi Community Development Corporation and its services, including loans, business training, and financial education at cpcdc.org. In early December, kids, guardians, and law enforcement gathered at the Shawnee, Oklahoma Walmart for Christmas cheer at the end of a very long and challenging year. The annual Shop with a Cop event gives kids in need the chance to pick out gifts with a member of area police forces, including citizen Potawatomi Nation officers. The event's organizer, Kenny Williams, looks forward to it every year. I think it's a great environment for the kids to get to see the police officers in that environment and get to realize that, hey, they really are our friends. They're here to help us and, and Gives them that opportunity to build that bond as well as provide them a Christmas that most of those kids probably would not get anything had it not been for the community of Shawnee pitching in like they do. In 2020, Shop with a Cop raised more than $13,500 with the help of 16 organizations, including Citizen Potawatomi Nation, the Junior Service League of Shawnee, Shawnee Community Foundation, and many local businesses and entrepreneurs. The generous donations provided enough to give more than 130 participants recommended from various local community organizations a $100 Walmart gift card to spend as they wished. Williams said CPN stood out. We're grateful for what they did. They helped a lot of kids. I'll put it like that. I mean, they were very one of the very biggest contributors, so we appreciate that greatly. The event collected more money than ever before, which allowed it to help a record number of families since Shop with a Cop began in the area more than 10 years ago. Williams admits he was surprised. I thought it was going to be just the opposite. There'd be more kids in need and I'd have less funds available. And it was just the opposite this year. We were able to raise even more funds and help those even more than I'm sure we're in need this year with Corona. I know a lot of people have gone without Two Citizen Potawatomi Nation Police Department officers attended, along with 26 others across seven local departments. CPN officer Orrin Beckham joined the tribe's workforce in January 2020. He and his family previously lived in Texas, where his sons received the opportunity to shop as participants. It makes being on the other side more meaningful. Just to, to get out and help, help families do some shopping for Christmas, to help in the, helping the, the younger generations always enjoyable for me. 
Many officers immediately thanked Williams for hosting Shop with a Cop as they picked out toys or went to the register. He also woke up to emails of gratitude the next day. I bet I had at least a dozen or so of them come up to me and just tell me how important they feel the event is. Just because they realize, you know, that what environment a lot of times some of these children see them in and, you know, kind of puts them in a negative view in that child's eyes. Now you get my public service announcement for tonight. Please make sure that you've got your mask on and keep your hands clean. If you need a mask, we've got several in here, so we'll be more than happy to fix you up. The night of the event, Williams welcomed everyone and introduced himself and the officers as everyone patiently waited for their turn to shop. Williams also makes a point of meeting everyone, usually as groups check out, and ensures they had a good time picking out their gifts. Yeah, those are fun. I got some of those at home. Hey. Well, that's a lot of toys. I wanted to just hop right in and play with them. I seen the Nerf gun, and, you know, I seen a Wii come through, and I was like, I, shoot, I think I want to go home and play, play with y'all for the evening. That's, I enjoy these toys. Many participants buy items strictly for fun, but Williams has also noticed underwear, socks, and toothbrushes in some baskets since he took over the Shawnee event in 2008. You know, when you see them actually buying stuff that they need and not want, that's the ones that, you know, you just kind of sit there and realize how blessed you are that you've got a roof over your head and food in your belly and clothes on your back. Williams also makes a point of teaching the participants how to pay it forward. He started the tradition in 2019. Now these two gift certificates I just handed out for $25. What's over for when you're going through the store shopping, whoever you see that you want to give that to, I want you to give that to them for a pay it forward. what I always remind them that you know, the community was so generous to all of us to make this event happen that we want to make sure that we pay that forward to someone else. Throughout the last decade, Shop with a Cop went from helping approximately 35 children in 2009 to celebrating Christmas with 136 in 2020. Williams hopes the substantial growth continues while he fundraises and organizes the event. We grow. 10, 20, 25% each year, then that's that many more kids in the community that we can help when they need the help. So I think that benefits that child now and can benefit them in the long run. Maybe if one of these kids eventually want to be part of the program on the other side of it. Contact Kenny Williams at kwilliams at yaffeco.net for more information about Shop with a Cop. Lisa Herbert is CPN's child prosecutor and has been a part of the tribe's court system for more than a decade. Her experience during nearly 30 years in law includes being a judge for both municipal courts and tribal courts for several indigenous nations, a prosecutor, and part of the Court of Indian Offenses appellate panel. She sat down with Hanukkah Podcast to discuss her career and what sets tribal courts apart from other judicial systems in the United States. Well, the biggest thing that I see is the judges actually know their litigants 
and they genuinely care about their litigants. I know that when, when I have a family in court, Judge Lujan wants the best for them. And he has the opportunity to truly speak to them on a different level than what you'd see in a, in a state court. The systems are small enough that the judges, they, they see the file, they relate to the person, they know what's going on and they keep track. You know, state court judge, they're checking, they're doing check mark boxes. You know, you either did this this month or you didn't do this this month. There's really so much more that goes into the tribal court process. And it's just because we have the opportunity to know the litigants, we genuinely care because the more successful those litigants are in front of us, the more successful our community is, the more successful our community is, the better for the tribe. It, you know, it all goes full circle. Herbert said her favorite part of working with CPN is collaborating with the staff of Fire Lodge Children and Family Services to help Native families stay together and ensure safe and stable placement of Potawatomi children in foster and adoptive homes. Since she's been with the tribe, a more rigorous process for screening cases has been implemented. Gosh, you're, you're really digging in. You're trying to help families. You're trying to make lives better for children. You're, you're actually trying to impact generations now. So I tell people, you know, if I do my job right, these families, you will have healthy grandchildren and you will have healthy grandchildren and healthy great-grandchildren and their relationships will be good and you will never see them in court. And so that's our goal is to make sure that they have good lives for generations. So why did you decide to start working with tribes and in tribal court systems? Gosh, I don't know that I really decided. I think it was just, I was in the right place at the right time. And then once I got to experience working in the tribal courts, I don't know how I ever made it working in state court because the tribal courts, this, the work that we do, it feels like it matters. So I get up every day. I'm excited to go to work every day because I know today might be the day that we make a difference. Today is the day we might see some successes. It, it's something different every day. And especially as I work with the different tribes, um, it, it's something different every day. Each tribe has their, their special things about them that makes them so uniquely that tribe. It's the best job in the world. How is CPNs unique? We have a very stable government. And a tribe with a very stable government can have a stable court system. And with a stable court system, you know what to rely upon. You know that your court is going to continue to operate. You know that you're going to have the level of service that you've always come to depend upon. You know, here, I've been here 10 years. I have never seen the court system have to cease services. It really does give you a level of comfort in your work. Potawatomi, Citizen Potawatomi seems to run more like a business. We're always open. We don't take a bunch of frivolous days for holidays and things. I mean, we're there to work. That's what we do. The CPN court clerks and their commitment to their positions makes the day-to-day -day operations possible. Andrea and Tony just do such a great job of talking to the people, trying to elicit from them what they really need so they can point them in the right direction. And so it's really a lot more than just filing things in and tell, setting court days for people. 
The clerks and the court have also adapted to no-contact procedures during the coronavirus pandemic, which was an unexpected challenge. That includes coordinating with the IT department to use smart boards and Zoom to bring witnesses in virtually. The court clerks are having to make sure that those Zoom invitations are going out to the witnesses so they're presented in a timely manner. So when we come into the courtroom, everything goes smoothly. It's just as if the person is there. And so those are some new skills that are really having to come into the courtroom practice. And our girls have been up to it. They've been right on it. That's what the nation is. Citizen Pottawatomie, everybody is working together. You know, we don't have somebody saying, oh, that's not my job. That is the one thing you will never hear is Citizen Pottawatomie. And I love that because if it's for the nation, it's my job. And we all seem to understand that. And it's, it's, it makes things so much easier. Yeah, I think we're all going to learn. And I think it's, it's, we're just going to keep moving forward. And it's kind of an exciting time when you think about what we've had to do to, to adapt and the things that we've been willing to do to commit to keep going. So, I, I, you know, in a way, some of this is good for us. Read more about CPN's judicial system at cpn.news backslash judicial. It's time for learning language when the CPN language department joins us to teach vocabulary, songs, stories, and more. Today, language department director Justin Neely teaches us some Potawatomi words useful during the winter. Bonjour, Jayak, Zagnanibi Dejnika, Zagnanibi Nishnabe Noswin, Nishnabendao, Borewad Mindao, Shishibaniak Nidabendagwas, Jujak Dodem. I'm uh, Justin Neal. I'm the language director for the tribe. I'm going to share a few uh, Potawatomi words today with you, some Babon Kedwinen, some winter words. Agum, snowshoe, agum. Agmose, walk around in snowshoes, agmose. Bonimget, it's snowing, bonimget. Boniswen, light snow, boniswen. Now, the snow often got so deep up north, you know, where our ancestors were originally from, that, you know, you really had to wear those snowshoes if you were going to get around at all. I mean, if you walked outside and it's three or four feet of snow, you're going to have a hard time walking. But those snowshoes were really a pretty amazing invention of, of our ancestors that were able to um, navigate the backwoods and whatnot and to walk around and still go hunting and whatnot with having those snowshoes on. Gone. Gone, snow once it's on the ground. Gone, gone pukwakwit, snowball. Gone pukwakwit. Machek nibabon, machuk nibabon. Winter with no snow, machuk nibabon. Jigakwinage, to shovel snow, he or she does. Jigakwinage. Nshiopo, nshiopo. Heavy snow, mshiopo. Pomponget, lightly snowing, pomponget. Pongeze, he or she is so many years or snows old, pongeze. And the way that we marked our passing of time, the, the way you knew you know, how old you were and uh, for our ancestors was that you made it through a winter. Basically, each year you made it through, each winter you made it through was a, another year that you had lived. We really didn't have winters um, or very, very, very rarely where you didn't have snowfall. So it was a good way to mark the changing of 
time, but also mark the changing of, of our years. So that Pongeze is how we talk about, about time, about years, that is. It just shows you how important that snow was. You know, if, you're, if your people come from an area where it's very snowy and, uh, and icy, um, you're going to have a lot of words in your language for different types of snowfall and, and different phenomenon like crusting of the snow and things like that. Uh, that's because, you know, our ancestors were from this area that was a very cold, very um, unforgiving environment sometimes. But our ancestors really were able to master the environment around them. We were able to find ways to, to cope and ways to, to live and to, to live in a good way in, in those harsh type conditions. So, Babon, winter, babon. And winter is also that time, you know, the word babon is really close to the word mbo. Mbo is the word for death because in the wintertime, it's, it's as if the, the, the earth is asleep. They say that, that that blanket of snow that covers the earth, you know, it, it covers it with like a blanket and it, it, it puts it to sleep. And during that wintertime is when we're able to talk about a lot of our winter stories, you know, to tell our yatsoke, our traditional stories, because when the snow is there and the, and the snow covers the earth, the spirits are also asleep. And so it was a time that our people often would tell these these traditional stories. And we'll share one of those or a couple of those uh, next month's session because technically it's still um, still fall till uh, later in December, even though here in Shawnee we're having snow as we speak. So, Shkak Winnipeg, Shkak Winnipeg, wet snow, Shkak Winnipeg, Shpag Winnegya, Shpag Winnegya, deep snow, Shpag Winnegya. Wabozo, rabbit, wabozo. The reason rabbit is on here is because there's actually a story about where we got fire from, um, and that's one we'll try to tell next month. But the reason we call wabozo is is literally a snowshoe, a snowshoe type rabbit. It's talking about that white coloring of the rabbit. But in the summertime, that rabbit's fur turns more of a brownish color, and that's because of how he grabbed fire for us long ago and brought it to us. A lot of times the trickster, Wiske, is uh, seen to take a form of a rabbit. Mkom, mkom, ice, mkom. Mkomi kiwen, icy ground, mkomi kiwen. Mkomi swen, it's icy, mkomi swen. Aha. Il. For more information and opportunities with language, including self-paced classes, visit cpn.news backslash language. You can find an online dictionary at PottawatomiDictionary.com, as well as videos on YouTube. There are also Potawatomi courses on the language learning app, Memorize. Hanukkah Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Our director is Jennifer Bell. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find what you listen to. We're also on Facebook at Citizen Potawatomi Nation and on Twitter at C underscore P underscore N. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at Potawatomi.org. That's P-O-T-A-W-A-T-O-M-I dot org. Until next time, I'm Paige Willett. Miigwech Nikanek, Bawamina. Thank you, friends. See you later.